say it was noon already? But it's still foggy outside. Welcome to What Is It About the Weather podcast where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelanek. This week, we're going to be talking a little circadian weather, if you will. A little perception, a little reality. What are the differences and how is weather all involved? Before we get to that topic, as usual, however, I hope you're doing well. I hope your weather's doing well. I'm still getting a little over this cold thing, so I apologize in advance if my voice still sounds a little off. I think the voice is mostly back to normal. But I had a message just today, actually, from a friend who was going to be in the area and was going to see if we might be able to connect. He wasn't sure he was going to have time, but in any case, I was conveying to him that I'm still kind of getting over this cold thing, and... You know, it, it's one of these weird things. I'm feeling okay now, but man, if if you want to clear a room in post-COVID times, all you got to do is cough once, and it's it's just like scatters things. If you, I remember when I was a kid, did experiments where you learn about how different chemicals react and like even how dish soap works, right? And you can put things in water that float, like different spices, and you can put a little dish soap in and watch how it moves everything to the side sort of thing, right? And... It's like that coughing right now. So I still have this thing where I hope I'm not contagious. One, I, I, I genuinely hope that, but I don't want to give anybody else whatever this thing was. And two, like I said, I, I would freak so many people out. So uh, that, that get-together will have to wait till next time, sadly enough. But okay, this is life. All right. I've had some really interesting things weather-wise in the last week or so that kind of are related to this topic. It was, it was interesting. I, I, I do, you know, I, all these things, I do searches all the time, right, on different topics and connections and looking for things for the podcast, but a lot of times just looking at things, right? I'm always looking for that kind of weather-related connection to things. And I was, like I said, two things that just happened that were more of a Huh, that's interesting sort of moment. One of them is one, it's not a big surprise to anybody, but I was making a post on Instagram. I was putting a picture up there, and I described the picture as feels like spring but looks like winter. All right, so I don't know if that is winting or spinter. I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I'm trying to come up with all the combinations, but. You know, I'm looking up, it's a beautiful blue sky day, but the trees still have nothing on them. There's no signs of life, at least as far away as I am. Now, most of the trees here now are showing signs of life. But it's just a reminder, right, of, of how seasons impact us and how your body perceives. It, it, my mind was trying to get around these two fundamental ideas. I look up, visually I'm being reminded of it's winter. Trees are still bare. And if it was a cloudy day, I would have thought it was winter. But my it was a beautiful blue sky day. It was warm enough outside where I didn't even, you know, first time probably doing a hike in a while where I didn't have to have like a second layer on. So it felt like spring. And again, we're in that season. So I was kind of thinking about, okay, how does our body relate to or translate weather? right? How does that kind of perception work or how does it influence us? And then I had another one just this morning. 
I swear it was like six o'clock in the morning and just a loud thunder, right? And immediately I woke up. I was like, what a wonderful nature's alarm clock. Now for me, it's great, right? I, you know, I like that. But almost instinctively, I hear thunder because I didn't see the flash on that one. I have pretty good dark curtains that keep that from happening. But then, you know, as I'm awake and I'm looking, enough light gets through there, I can see it. So then I, I went into that natural mode of see the lightning count, right? And, and you have this whole perception. Weather's one of the few things that can really do that to us, right? There are other things that we, where we have these visuals, um, a meteoric or something like that can go through the atmosphere and then you hear the sonic boom, different things like that. But thunderstorms are a great example of where we have this thing where Visually, we see something and it's immediate, but the audio impact is sometime later. And, you know, again, I started thinking about, well, how does that throw us off or does it even throw us off? This, you know, we're trying to process things where most often we see it and it's right there. I remember growing up, I I lived kind of up the hill from some tennis courts. And I always remember watching people play tennis and reflecting on seeing the tennis ball get hit and then the sound coming to me later. So even, you know, I, I could kind of relate. That was one of the, those early things in my brain of, oh, okay, now I understand this whole thing about how lightning and thunder, thunder are different, right? And the timing is different. And it was something a little closer, but it, it still kind of conveyed that same sensation. So I've had a lot of that kind of stuff just naturally going on. Now, I'd be curious, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this topic, and we've covered it a little bit before, in different ways. But before I get in there, think think about it for a minute, right? And think if you have things that are like that, to where maybe weather kind of messes with your perception of whether it's, it's time or whether it's how things move differently. And what we're not going to cover, but I've even talked about before, is sometimes when you're looking up in the sky and you see weather moving, as an example, like clouds moving and they give you the perception depending on if you're still or if you're moving on the road. We kind of talked about this in the optical illusions phase that was, what, about a month ago or so, that you get these very different perceptions of things or they may make you feel non-grounded. So we've hit this before, but if you have things like that, either way, let me know. What is about the weather? Gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter, Mark underscore Jelinek, or the podcast, What is about the weather? Both of us are on Twitter. Yeah, both being me. And of course, whatever way you want to reach. If you got ideas, got thoughts, and it doesn't even have to be on those topics, let me know. But let's let's dive into this a little bit. And maybe we'll get to the end of this and you'll have some additional thoughts that you can convey. But sometimes, you know, I like to at least give you the chance to think, get your thoughts down before I pollute them with other ideas. All right. So in the past, when we've typically talked about this idea of weather, we've more often been talking about and and how it impacts our perceptions, more about how we perceive weather or weather forecast, maybe more importantly. We've talked about that in a variety of other contexts. And I even came across an interesting paper as I was going through this that kind of talked about that. It was neat. It, it was it was an interesting view of how our perception of weather 
changed our behaviors. So it was trying to do kind of the full circle. But one of the things I liked about the paper is it was looking at, are there socioeconomic impacts between our ability or our understanding of weather information and how that impacts the decision process. And I was glad to see that really in this group it wasn't. Now it's a limited study and it was in a fairly well-developed country. I think it was in Sweden. So, you know, I don't know how much it plays or if it's a global play or not. But, but again, it was still an interesting idea that they kind of were exploring topics from a diff- different angles. And I always enjoy when papers do that. It's not always realistic. And let's be clear, sometimes when you do too much of that, you get away from a core hypothesis. So not always wise to do it. But I thought, you know, that winter-spring thing and the way I was kind of dealing with that in my head, just again, in that moment, right? In that moment of looking up, I was, you know, it's kind of one of those things that's throwing me off. So I really wanted to think about how does weather itself, right, change how I, my body responds to it maybe. And so I was digging through it and was looking through that and, you know, started thinking about it specifically with seasons. Because you can imagine, and there there is research on this about, you know, if spring isn't exactly like you thought it was going to be, it kind of th- it could throw us off. And it does it with everything. It does it with plants. It does it with animals. I mean, we've seen this thing before, uh, a warming during the winter and things can go ahead and bloom. And that doesn't mean they may not bloom again, but they may go through a, a cycle multiple times when in a normal year they don't. But I continued to look and I came across something that was very interesting, a term that I had not I guess wasn't familiar with before, and it was something called chronobiology. And amongst other things, this gets into the circadian rhythm in our bodies and about how we deal with a variety of different inputs, far from just weather, right? And one of the things that maybe you've heard about before and it's been studied a lot before is how our bodies deal with light and the real concern now that we have all these little devices on and they all have everything, right? Whether it's even the little small dim screen on an alarm clock or different things. Because you go back hundreds of years ago, right? And the light we got for the most part was you got up when it was sunny, right? Or you knew that that was our body's natural way of dealing with things. But I mean, even in my bedroom, if I turn off everything, I've got, you know, maybe an alarm clock or two that even though I've got them dimmed down pretty low, there's there. And I've got a smoke detector in my room that has a little LED light that I, that's almost tremendously bright to me when everything else is off. But all these things do influence us, right? And that's what these studies have shown. And we're learning more about long-term impacts of that because we, you know, we're now having these things for a long time. So a lot of that stuff goes on already, and that's kind of, I guess I knew about chronobiology, but I hadn't really thought about it from a weather perspective. So I started digging into it because I started thinking about this idea. I was I was near a building just a couple days ago that had a big clock on it, and it was a relatively new building, so it was a surprise because that used to be a thing, right? You go to the, the town square or whatever, and there was a clock, or there was a clock tower or a building with a clock in it, and it was long before we all had these devices everywhere and watches were an expensive thing so it just used to be kind of a community service if you will so you could easily get potentially off guard of what time is it and weather certainly plays a role in that right when you think about it now 
In the intro, I talked about fog, and fog's a classic example where it, it tends in many places to be a morning thing. Just the meteorological setup means you get fog in the morning when the temperature profile's right. A lot of times there's a water source nearby and the temperature gradients are different between the water source and the land around it. But that burns off as the sun comes out during the day. And so to have fog later in the day can really kind of throw you off. Or let's say you live in a cloudy place. I had, again, day to day where it's just kind of overcast all day. Not, not clouds coming and going, but just sort of overcast. And so I couldn't see movement in the sky, so I didn't have any perception of anything moving around. And if I can't fix on where the sun is, I don't necessarily know what time it is. Yet most of the time we get through these things, right? So we seem to adjust to it even if these things do influence us. So there seemed to be a connection. And, you know, the other classic non-meteorological example that you may have heard about before is casinos and why they don't have clocks and why they keep lights at a certain level that make you always feel like it's evening. It's not late at night, but it's evening. And so they keep you at the tables and keep you gambling. And how much of that is true, I don't really know. I mean, that could be a little bit urban legend. But based on some other things I've read, no, it's probably pretty well studied and they know exactly what they're doing. But we get back to this thing of how do we, when we can't see the sun, because the sun's always a classic indicator. People that live in areas that, you know, the sun's always out. Yes, it adjusts from different times of year, but our body kind of knows that. Our body kind of knows when it's spring, kind of knows when it's winter, kind of knows when it's summer based on these changes in temperature. But recent research has shown, and I thought this was really kind of cool, that particularly temperature and how our body responds to temperature changes that happen at different times of the year, okay, influence that circadian rhythm, but in a kind of an unique sort of way. What it doesn't do is it doesn't adjust this 24-hour cycle. So that whole cycle that we have, there's certain, I, I don't know, checkpoints in our programming, if you will, that kind of keeps us on a 24-hour day. It kind of knows to say that. But it does affect us enough, temperature does, and changes in temperature, enough to know that quite often in the mid-latitudes that those warmer temperatures mean longer days. And actually, that's one of the reasons we tend to have more energy and maybe are more productive during the longer day seasons versus the winter time. Versus in the winter, we, we tend to conserve energy and are more tired or sleepy. But that might also explain on a day when it's unusually cold or warmer that you feel a sense of that kicking in to this internal time clock, if you will, that if you wake up and you open the window and it feels like warm and you go, oh, I'm going to get outside and do that, so what it, whatever it is today, maybe you're responding to, hey, it's finally spring or whatever it is, but maybe also it's this natural rhythm in your body that says you should be more active today or ah, it's cold and maybe you should uh, start conserving that winter energy. Now, some of those things, procedures probably in that you know biological ticking if you will in our body probably been with us for you know thousands of years but it's kind of interesting to me 
that we had these kind of two-sided checks and balances. On one hand, we don't lose sight of that 24-hour clock. So what doesn't happen is weather or seasonal changes don't seem to adjust the fact that we wake up, we go to bed. We wake up, we go to bed, and we kind of know it's been a day. Yes, there are a variety of reasons you can lose that. But you go through a cycle, and your body knows to go through a cycle, even though we all have variations of that from time to time and a lot of other influences in our lives that kick us off the best behaviors in that cycle, but weather and specifically temperature. Now, I didn't dig deep, in this, so this might be a topic at some future thing, whether how humidity or pressure might play in this, because the study I saw, which will be in the show notes as always, was focused on temperature, but it's, it's sort of wild that weather can impact our perception of what we should be doing or, or telling our body clock how we should be acting at different times of the year in terms of maybe how long our day will be, if you will, versus how long our nighttime will be. I don't know. Found it really cool. I hope you like the idea of that stuff because, you know, when we're unpacking perception in our behavior things, it's never as simple as one of these things, right? And I always enjoy when I find a piece of research where someone has been, you know, maybe that it was a hot topic to cover it in some other way for a long time. And like I said, I never heard the term chronobiology specifically. And now I found myself reading all these articles. But whether, you know, it's the simple things like what we're seeing in the weather, like I said, the foggy day or other things that might influence us, even if you live in the same place. Right, And even if you're experiencing the same type of visual weather, even where you can see where the sun is, the temperature change profile being able to influence maybe what our knowledge is about how long a day should be is kind of wild, right? I mean, we're amazing creatures. But so is the natural world around us and our ability to connect with that world and use it, if you will, at our own, and I hate to use the word, daylight savings time adjustment, but the ability for our bodies to take those inputs and use them can come into play with that. I don't know. I just found it interesting. You know, I, I, before I close, I'll say that one of the things that drove me kind of thinking about this topic is I get a question. I get questions a lot of times about people trying to relate to what they're seeing in terms of weather data that they're giving, particularly with like, you know, everybody looks at kind of maybe a temperature profile for a day. But specifically, I get questions around radar and satellite. And I've watched in the last 10 years how those interpretations maybe have shifted. And one of the things I always have to remind people about, though, you talk about time and weather, is the refresh rate on some of those things and the resolution in which it's easier to share that information or what we see now is changed drastically in the last decade. And I always remind people when you're wanting to make sure that you're in sync, try to look for sources that give you timestamps in some way so that you can equate to that. Because it used to be, for instance, satellite images may be updated every 15 or 30 minutes. And now we have these much faster refresh rates. And so if we're looking, used to looking at it one way and interpreting the speed of thing or our perception of the speed of, of weather, 
and planning our day around it, if you will, it can lead to a very different outcome. So this is something to keep in mind. Just, a, I guess, a, a trick of the trade, if you will. Look for things that on the screen, wherever you're looking at it, for sources that can give you those, those time steps that make it easier for you to do some mental calculations if you're trying to figure out, hey, when am I going to go to the store to miss that? Or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, being able to see both of those pieces of information at the same time can go a long way instead of trying to gauge it based on something that you may be trying to use an older clock, if you will, an analog versus a digital, I don't know. Any case, I think what may be more important to remember here than anything else is the next time you're cold and you want to go to sleep, just remember there's much more to weather than the weather itself.